Hello and welcome to another episode of the Picky Side Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Vera Brown and Jack Bartek. This is now episode 34. In today's episode, we're going to talk about what the Knicks should do with the eighth overall pick, where Anthony Davis ranks, Warriors options with the second overall pick, Mike McCarthy, Tua starting, and the Buffalo Bills. What did I tell you about Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't give me an alternative. Just say Rev. Say Rev. <laughs> so whack. <laughs> That's so whack. So this episode is a mix between basketball and football. We're gonna talk about the Knicks, one of the worst teams in the NBA, and the Warriors, one of the better teams that have been in the NBA for the past couple of years. And some news came out today. Talk to us. Well, Stan Van Gundy's the Pelicans head coach now. He's been raving about them for a minute, too. Yeah, Stan Van Gundy's their coach now, and a coach just got hired for Indiana. Oh, the um, He was the an assistant. assistant. Yeah. yeah. I don't I'm not know even going to try and pronounce his name. Yeah, I don't know his name either, so I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Um, But also, Tyron Lue got, officially got hired. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't you say you were wondering why Nate McMillan got fired? Yes. He's going to tell you. He hasn't. I, th- I don't think he's won a playoff series in, like, to be fair, yeah, though. The Pacers have not been in a position to win they're, a playoff game, though. They're mediocre They've, got, they've gotten swept, like, three times, though. Who like, did they get swept by? The Cavs one year. I know for a fact it was the Cavs one year. No, the Cavs, they went to seven. Yeah, actually, they actually oh, went the to seven LeBron. All-star game. So all-star what year, year was that? Last year. Well, this past year was Miami. Uh, Last year. year Miami, who went, to, who went to the but NBA you look Finals. But if Oladipo. you look at Nate McMillan's track record in the playoffs as a coach, he's really bad. But he just—I feel like that I year feel with Kyrie like too. He hasn't Boston. been put in a position to succeed at that level. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like the Pacers have been good enough to make the playoffs. I feel like the but Pacers, not to get one game. Kids, come on! Realistically, a sweep to against get Miami, a sweep against Miami. You really, really? Did you think it was going to be a sweep? I feel like he is done. Well, you look at that series. They didn't have Oladipo. They didn't have Sabonis for. I don't they think Sabonis. I don't think I'm Sabonis played. Yeah, Oladipo. I don't think Sabonis played a single game in the entire series. Yeah, he was Oladipo hurt. was coming back. He still wasn't but you a know, game, though. in great shape. One one game? It's fair. It's a fair criticism. I just feel like every year the Pacers have exceeded my expectations. And I don't know. I, I What expectations? I I They've just been a fifth Mediocre. Seed. They've been a playoff team. That's yeah, it. I don't think that they were at that level, though. You don't think Personally. so? Like, I don't think... This past season... Their star player was after, Sabonis. Yeah, you really think they were going to go deep with Sabonis? After Oladipo got hurt. But they didn't go deep. Uh, they're playoff. They're regular. Oh, well. New the Carl. Atlanta I, Hawks. I, I would have <laughs> liked to have seen Nate McMillan with a full, healthy Pacers roster. He used to coach Portland, too. And that was a minute ago. Yeah, the Brandon Roy Portland trailblazer. Well, Brandon was always not playing. so We're going to get into our first topic of the day. <laughs> What should the Knicks do with the eighth overall pick? There are some rumors that they want to trade back and draft Tyrese Maxey. I'm not going to sit here and fake like I know his game because I don't. I think you watch more college basketball than me. I'm not sure about you, Jack, if, you, if you've seen Tyrese Maxey. But you guys let me know. He's, what do you see in Tyrese, Mac- Tyrese Maxey? Stay. If you're a Knicks fan, you want to stay clear. You want to get a, this is all right. This is this is uh, this is my take, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Tyrese Maxey is a great player. He's good. I like his game. He's a scorer. He is six three. 
You don't want to put him and R.J. Barrett in a backcourt. It's it's just not going to work. You stay clear of him. And you stay clear of Cole Anthony, please. I think the only clear answer right now is to draft Tyrese at the eighth spot. You need a point guard. You need a guy who can shoot. You need a guy Halliburton. Who, yeah, Halliburton. You need a guy who can shoot. You need a guy who could be a great playmaker. And Halliburton can do <laughs> all of that. You know, he can shot 40% in college. Now, granted, I don't know if it's going to translate, but that means he's a pretty solid shooter. His jump shot is a little iffy. He has to fix the mechanics, but you need a playmaker. You need somebody at the point guard spot that's going to literally run a team. You want RJ to have spacing. You have RJ and you have Mitchell. You have your two cornerstones. That's who they are. Kevin Knox is a bust. We get that Julius Randle, he's going to be gone. He's trash. So you got Mitchell down low. You got R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett needs shooters around him. You bring in Halliburton, he can shoot. He can also be another primary ball hander. That was one of the problems with you, Knicks. You didn't have enough ball handlers. So quick question. Killian Hayes, Tyrese Halliburton on the board. Who are you taking? Tyrese Halliburton. If Tyrese Halliburton is available at the eighth overall pick, you guys will be crazy not to pick him. You'd because be dumb. You'd be the Knicks. He, you know what I mean? Like, like Riv just mentioned, he is everything that the Knicks have been missing. An, an exciting playmaking guard who can also defend. He's long and lengthy, 6'5". He shoots the ball well. And although his body needs some developing, I see him as a better offensive Lonzo Ball. And I think that he can be a legit NBA. I, I don't see that. My, my, um, this, you might like this one. Mine's was uh, MCW with a jump shot. I, I can also see that too. And I, I, don't think, think, I think he's a better playmaker than MCW was. I don't think Tyrese slides to the eight spot. I'm talking about Halle Burton. I don't think he goes <laughs> yeah. that far. I think I Atlanta drafts him. I agree. I, I think don't that's think a great spot. I think Atlanta drafts him? I think they need another playmaker. It showed when they when they traded for Jeff Teague and they got better. If you could pair him with Trey Young, that would be a solid. Because, again, I think one of the biggest things about Halliburton is he could defend. He's long. He's got big arms. Six, the, five. The six. Mm. Or the fifth, yeah. one of those, the sixth I, or the fifth. I don't think, and, and listen, again, if Halliburton is there for you guys, I think you pick him. I think he's a big-time player. I just mentioned to you before we started recording, the first time I really took notice of him as a legit NBA prospect was the Seton Hall game down at the Battle for Atlantis, and he took over that game with Miles Powell, back and forth, back and forth. He's a difference maker, and I think that he could help turn things around for the Knicks He's going to be what you thought Alfred Payton was going to be when you signed him. Yeah. Literally. I um, didn't have any expectations. Well, I'm just talking about well, whatever the Knicks thought they were going to get from signing him, he's uh, he's just going to be with that. He's going to be a playmaker that's he going to come he, in and he do He would that. fill that guard spot that you guys I draft Killian Hayes over Tyrese. I like Killian Hayes better. That's just me. I like Killian Hayes better. I think he's more of a smooth player. He's he's a raw prospect, but I draft him over him. I think he can he has a chance. Devin Vassell, uh, you lost me with that one. Devin Vassell, for the people that are watching the graphic up here, we got Killian Hayes, Tyrese Maxine, Devin Vassell, all people rumored to go to the Knicks. Devin Vassell, I want the Knicks to stay far away from him. I feel like he's too much of a project for the Knicks to try to take a risk. But on. you don't think Killian is a project? No, because you he played overseas and he played against legit. There's a lot more. Ah, that and he's a point guard and a, and a legit playmaker. Yeah, I think Devin Vassell. I don't know. I, I you know I've seen the video surface of him in his jump shot. I don't like his jump shot. He makes it though at a very high percentage. Yeah, I think he should, how many attempts like three a game, like there. Really low volume. This is who I want the Knicks to draft, and this player is going to be special. <coughs> Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt, six six wing, average twenty three points per game, 
shot 50% from three on eight attempts. So a lot of attempts, and he shot 50% from three. He got injured, but I think he's one of the best off-ball scorers in the draft. He can move off the ball very well. He was the best catch-and-shoot player in college, and I think that's exactly what the Knicks need. He's 6'6", like you said. He could play the two. He could play the three. He already has a really strong and nice NBA body. I feel like he can be a good defender in, in the NBA. You pair him with RJ. RJ has somebody he could kick it out to. And if that happens, I wouldn't mind if we get a Fred Van Vliet to come and play. And now we have Fred, who's a defender, RJ, who's he can be a defender, and Aaron Neesmith, who's a really great shooter. And now we have shoot, shooting around RJ and Mitchell, and we could build our team like that. I think Aaron Neesmith is going to be special. And if the Knicks don't draft him, it's going to be a mistake. I really think he's a sleeper in the draft. You think Halliburton would be a mistake? I don't think he's going to be there at the eighth pick. Well, I'm saying if he is, hypothetically speaking, he is. You think it would be a mistake? If Tyrese is there, he can play. I like like Aaron better. Mm. I draft Aaron if I'm the Knicks over Halliburton. I I like Nismith. I just don't think you take him at eight. I think that's a little too high. What is he going to go? 13th, 14th? That's right there in the ballpark. I th- I he think might go lower. One of the things you mentioned was them trading back for Tyrese Maxey. And although, like Riv mentioned, not the best fit with R.J. Barrett, I don't think it would be the worst move for you guys. And there's a lot of connections between Kentucky in general and the Knicks. Um and their I, assistant coach yeah, is yeah. on the Knicks now. Um, I think that Maxi is comparable to what Tyler Hero was coming out into the draft. When I, I, th- I thought when Tyler Hero came out, he could have used another year at school. You know, I thought he he needed some development, but at the end of the day, he could flat out score. He's a playmaker, and I think in the right system, which I do question if that's something that the Knicks would lack. I think he can turn into a great NBA scorer. He's a great playmaker. He needs some work on his defense, and his his three-point shot isn't where you want it to be at. And that's my problem with players like that. I want to draft a player who I know can flat-out shoot the ball. That's the most important skill in the NBA you can have right now. And that's why I feel like Aaron Neesmith is such a great pick and such a safe pick. You know he can shoot the ball. You know he can shoot. I don't want the Knicks to draft an Isaac Okoro... I don't want them, locks up. I don't want them to draft a uh, a Devin Vassell who had low volume on threes in college. I want them to draft somebody who's a proven shooter and can shoot. And I don't think Aaron Neesmith slides past 15. You look at the teams that are like 11 to 15. You got Boston. You got the Pelicans. You got the Kings. You got the Spurs. One of those teams, if Aaron Neesmith is on the board, is going to take him. And I think the best spot for him to go to would probably be New Orleans. Who? Aaron Neesmith, because Drew Holiday might get traded. They're going to need to fill the void at that spot. I think that would be one of the best places that he could go. So do you think the the Knicks should trade back for him in that situation? Or would you take him with the eighth overall pick? I think he's going to be special, so I'll take him with the eighth pick. Same, like, I'm not comparing him to this player, right? But if we're back in the 2017 draft, I believe, that was a draft of Donovan Mitchell, right? People would have said you were crazy to draft yeah. Donovan Mitchell 8th or 7th. And look at what he turned into. That's a good point. Sometimes players are going to be steal. good. Sometimes sometimes players are going to be good. And 
during the draft process, people say it's too high or whatever, but if he turns out to be good, it's not too high. And I think in hindsight, we're going to look at Aaron Neesmith and be like, he's going to be a really good pro, and he was a really good pro. The only thing I would say about Neesmith is I don't know if his ceiling is as high as some of the guys that we've been mentioning. You know, like, I think I think he can be a really good pro. What do you think his ceiling is? I don't know that he could be a star. Like, I think he could be a solid contributor. Can he be a, a Buddy Heald? Yeah, I think he could be. I definitely think he could be I'd a Buddy Heald. I'd be fine with that. I, but at the at the eighth overall pick in the position the Knicks are in, I feel like they have to be looking to draft a maybe not a franchise guy, a cornerstone. but at least somebody who can be a, a number two to R.J. Barrett if R.J. develops into what you think he can be. And I think, think that a guy listen, you're, like you're, you're, I think a guy like Halliburton <clears throat> has more of that potential. While he also has bigger bust potential, I think he has the potential to be a franchise player. I feel like right now you guys are looking for a three-headed dragon. You know, you got Mitchell, you got R.J. Barrett. Now I feel like you're looking for that third guy to, you know, come in and, all right, this is the three guys we're going to run with. Aaron, I feel like he he like you are he is a good player. Like he, I, he is a really, I watched him play. He's a really good player. He can play. But ceiling to ceiling with him and Halliburton, I mean, it's – at the eighth pick, it's going to be tough. I mean, I wouldn't mind you guys picking Aaron. I just feel like you guys need a guard more than anything. But if your goal is to get Fred Van Vliet. They said they're going to try to. But if you get don't him like get him, then you'll be like, damn, now you don't have a point guard. I think the Knicks can try to find Reggie a filler Bullock. point. <laughs> I think the Knicks can try to find a filler point guard, whether it's Fred. I don't know if Goron comes to the Knicks. I don't think he does. Got I think it. he wants to win. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if there. Jeff Teague is on the market. Yes, he he's a filler point guard who's a good playmaker, but I think the Knicks ultimately do land Fred VanVleet. I mean, they're not good at landing stars, but they're really good at landing role players for for a lot of money. I think Fred might be one of those guys. He's projected to get like twenty two mil. I don't. I also don't think that Hayes would be a bad pick for you guys. I think that he would be able to slide. I, I'm into not saying. I didn't say. He, like, I don't think he'd be a bad. I just don't think you guys don't have time to wait that long. Yeah, it, like, he, and he's and one of. He's a. He's kind of a project. And this is my. This is my biggest problem with like, this whole topic in general is I don't know how much I trust the Knicks with any of these prospects that need development because I have to see their new, you know, whatever mm. system. I guess you could say. Is, to it, be fair, the Knicks coaching staff looks really good right now, with Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Mike Woodson. We got to see back. some action with you guys. Kenny, Kenny O'Brien or jo- Johnny O'Brien, I yeah. think, who is I j- developing in Donovan Mitchell in Utah. I want, I, I want to see it first before I feel confident with any prospect going there because I think that with any prospect, the most important thing is the situation around them. You look at the Heat. Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero turned out to be, and Kendrick Nunn, honestly, turned out to be three of the best rookies of this this class. And... I think a lot of that go a lot of that credit goes Situation. to Eric Spolstra and, and what they built around them there in Miami. And you know, obviously there's the exception Zion Williamson, John Moran. They were going to be stars no matter where they went. But at 8, I don't know if you're going to find that type of guy, especially in this class. I don't think that there's anybody that you look at and they jump off the paper like he's going to be a superstar. Anthony Edwards. Oh, superstar, sorry. Oh. Like I think looking back at last year you could look at Zion and Ja and say, at least if they stay healthy, you kind of knew what those two guys were going to give you. And even RJ, you could make an argument that he he was 
a, a star ready to jump right in. And I don't know if this draft class has that. You can make the argument for Edwards or Ball. I think the closest one to it be them that too. the Knicks can draft that might be available for the Knicks is Obi Toppin. Superstar? No, I'm saying oh, star oh, oh. player. I say you guys tank again and get Jalen Green. You don't have to tank to get that number one pick. That's true. Yeah, you just got to get super get lucky. lucky. <laughs> yeah, like the, the lottery is all about luck now, especially with the way they have it formatted. You better just pray to God you get that number one pick. <laughs> Me, I want Aaron Neesmith. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be special. So we're going to the next topic. Anthony Davis. Where does he rank in the NBA? And what I mean by that is, has Anthony Davis is he a is he a top five player now? Because I know. Next question. Before you, uh, are we like this new season? We're adding the guys who are hurting. Are we doing that? Like, or? are we considering everybody healthy in this discussion? Like, we're walking in. All right, this is new season. The healthy guys are back. Steph and KD are back. Or are we just like no dub them out the question based off last year? What are we doing? You could do that. You can have KD and Steph. I'm going to discuss it. Everybody healthy. So we're going to roll. Discuss I just want to make sure. All right, so all in agreement because we know Anthony Davis got really disrespected. Some um, people didn't have. Some people had him in like eight, seven spot. So is he a top five player? Everybody healthy this upcoming season that's happening. Um, I want to say this for the people who just for the people who were surprised by AD. That clearly means you didn't watch basketball. He played like this in New Orleans. Um, no, I don't think he's a top five player in the league. I don't, I don't know if he's top five, but he is definitely in the discussion. I'll tell you off the bat, top three. And I don't think there's there's any question in my mind. LeBron, KD, Kawhi, in no specific order. I think those three guys are the top three, and then I think Giannis comes in right behind them because just, because of I'm getting, their versatility. I think that wings are. Did he just name Giannis before Steph Curry? I I just got so let, mad. Let, let me explain <laughs> got, got, why. Got. I think that versatility is one of the most important things in the league right now, and I think that those. Three, first, those first three guys, and then Giannis is on the tail end of that discussion behind those three guys, in my mind, are four of the most versatile guys in the league. They do it all for you, and any team with them will be in the fight, will be in contention every year. And then I think that you have guys like Steph Curry, James Harden, obviously. Anthony Davis is in that Giannis discussion for me where – you know, he's kind of a Swiss Army knife, except he doesn't have the playmaking, in my opinion, that Giannis has. Anthony Davis is better than Kawhi Leonard. You lost And me. he's better than an injured Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles. No doubt about Don't it. Don't even say nothing. I'm going next. I got this. Anthony Davis is a top five player in the world, and I'll go as far as saying he's a top three player in the world. Did you think... You'll wait, see, wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, did you think of that before he went and made the playoffs this year? He was close. No, 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 no. I didn't actually. Did you think of that before he made the playoffs? Answer yes or no. Just yes or no. It was close. No, no, no. Answer yes <laughs> or no. Did you think he was top three on the, on the planet before he won the chip? Top three? Yeah. No. Was it wasn't even close. A yes. Leaning towards a yes. So you know what type of question you just asked me? You asked me the type of question that I would ask you if before Kawhi won a championship with Toronto, and I'm like, do you think Kawhi uh, is now the best player in the world? You mean the guy who led them and then the guy who yeah. was a sidekick with LeBron? You had him win the finals MVP. Who? Davis. Yeah, I thought he, he was going to win. I thought he, he was going to 
out impact LeBron. Yeah, even if you had him winning finals MVP, at the end of the day, there was nobody as impactful on that Raptors team as LeBron was on this Lakers team. Easily. That was not, that's like not a Ka- question. Without Kawhi, the Raptors no- team had a lot of they made they made the East they almost made the Eastern Conference Finals without Kawhi. They also were down 0-2. And the, the East, and the East got a lot better that next year. Uh, not really. I think the six. Stop. You switch AD and Kawhi. Are they going to the finals? Be honest. The be, Raptors? Yes. Are they going to the finals? Yes. You put Anthony Davis on the Raptors that they had this past year. They no, 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 to the no, no, finals. no, no. I didn't ask you that. You plug, they had the they had virtually the same team. AD, what are you talking that about? That AD that year. You pl- you take you put him in Kawhi's spot. They're going to the finals. They're going. They're going down O two, and they're beating the Bucks. They don't go down O two. Anthony Davis wouldn't let that happen. I he's not like Kawhi. He's not. I, he's not a choker in Game Seven. Kawhi I mean, choked after Kawhi choked in Game Seven, along with your boy Paul George. Then Kawhi's not better than Anthony Davis. That's ridiculous. Look, people want to. People want to give one. Game. People want to give. He's ridiculous. Dude made the playoffs three times in his life. And he's talking about he's better than the, uh-huh. when when in the Pelicans has he ever put has he ever been put in a position to succeed and the players were actually healthy? Whose fault is that? Eric, what do you mean? It's it's his fault that the so players wait, wait, got wait, healthy. Wait 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 wait. Drew Holiday was was Speak your injured. First. Speak your feet. Drew Holiday. So who's your list? First. What's your list? I got LeBron. Uh huh. Then I have AD at two. Yes, Anthony Davis <laughs> is the second best player in the world. He's now That's entering crazy. his prime. He's just now so because he enters his prime, we have to thrust him to two. Yes, because where do you have Luca? Where do you have Luca? Yeah, because then Luca should be Luca should be at three. Listen, if you're listen, talking about just entering listen. their prime, I have LeBron at one, mm-hmm. AD at two. I have Kawhi at three. If KD comes back good, I'll have him at four, and then I think the fifth spot is a toss up between Steph, Giannis, and Harden. So Luca plays amazing. He doesn't get the jump. Mind you, he was he was the best. Lucas Lucas six for me. He's the he's that's, that's good. He's what? The, he's yes, the best Luka player to see. He played amazing. He gets the little jump to six. But what AD do you mean? jumps what? AD jumps all the way to number two because he was a side Plato to LeBron. Jump to six. What are you talking about? Luca last year was not even a top ten player. This year he made the jump to a top ten player. I don't. Anthony Davis was a top ten player in the world, and he's making the jump to, to two. two. You that's, yes. That means he surpassed. Elite player after elite player. Is he better than? Elite. Is he better? He's than better Giannis. than Harden already. That that's true. He's better than Harden already. His impact on defense does, especially when you need it the most. Anthony Davis. This is the type of player that Anthony Davis is. He's not a player like a Harden who could take mediocre talent and take him to the playoffs year after year. But he is. He's not a. He's a ceiling raiser. Like he Steph might, Curry. I think that's I a fair comparison. Like Steph Curry. Actually. I think that's a very fair you, comparison. With Steph Curry in the championship team, he's imp- just... Impact-wise. Yeah, AD is a ceiling raiser. And look, at these stats, he averaged 28-10 and 10 in the playoffs. His on-court playoff numbers, opponents' offensive <coughs> rating throughout the playoffs was a 107. Without him on the floor, the opposing opponents were had an offensive rating of 117.5. That's a 10.5-point jump when Anthony Davis is not on the court. That's how much of an impact he makes on defense. He's an elite defender. He can guard one through five. He guarded Westbrook for a whole series against the Houston. dude that can't shoot. <laughs> That's pretty easy if you think about it. I don't. I not really. I you don't think, think guarding at four MVP is easy? Five. Come on. You think he you, was guarding Jimmy Butler and locking him up? The dude Stop that playing. can't shoot. Another guy that if you're six ten, he was locking him up. If you're six ten, first of That's your boy. I he would, would lock up Paul George too easily. Wait, wait, wait. And he would lock up Kawhi. Wait, no doubt about it. That's irrelevant. I'm not even. No doubt about it. If you're six ten, if I'm six ten and I'm I have a seven six wingspan. And you can't shoot. It is extremely easy for me to stay back and wait for you to get into the paint because I'm bigger than you. I'm gonna. I'm, I can easily guard you. 
You talk so about he KD can guard can one easily, through five. KD can easily guard those same players. KD plays D like Anthony Davis. But you said easily. I, I'm talking about if I'm AD. Well, if you're AD, you can do it because you're Giannis an elite player. Giannis, Giannis, can, Giannis can do the same thing. And mm, I don't know. He didn't want to guard. He didn't want to take on the challenge. He's to guard their best Jimmy. rim protector. That's their scheme. He stays back to help. He's their he rim protector. He didn't want to guard Jimmy Butler. It wasn't Anthony that he Davis. Didn't want to guard guarded him. Jimmy him. Butler gave him. He was like five. It, it would have made even. no sense for him to guard him. Why? Because Chris Middleton is also an elite perimeter defender. Elite, and, I wouldn't and, say and Chris he, Middleton's elite. He's a great defender. He's I a great a defender, but and he's their perimeter defender. And if you take Giannis off of Bam inside the paint, who's guarding Bam then? They would have get eaten Lopez? up down low. There's a reason why he wasn't guarding him. Um, <clears throat> no, AD is not number two he's in the easily world. Number two. I agree with your list. I have LeBron. Kevin Durant, he has to prove until he shows me he's not Kevin Durant. Yeah, Kevin Durant is too. I don't even know why you and just said I, that. I'm basing Kevin Durant as I'm saying healthy. He has like to I, show I'm, us. I'm saying this, assuming he comes back as what he was, because I think that's well, the what cards I, are that's against what him. That's Wait, what I'm injury is serious. Did you finish your list? Uh, I don't know if I finished it. I gave my rank. It, it's so hard to rank them one by one by one, but I think that there is a group of guys. When I look at it, I think that Anthony Davis, and I had said this before they won the championship, I think that Anthony Davis is on the short list of players that can be the best player on a championship team. Personally. Uh, I have a question to ask both of you. Well, you're not high on Davis anyway, so you have a huge bias. That's not true. I was a fan of Anthony Davis This is what I'm saying. If we're looking at the year 2020, this past year that happened, are you ranking Kawhi ahead of Anthony Davis for this season? Regular season? No, everything combined. Everything combined. I'm taking it, but I'm not only taking this past regular season. I think season tw- into I think it. the year 2020, the top two players in the league were LeBron and AD. That's ridiculous. I'm gonna tell you why that's ridiculous. Who's better? Wait, than wait, wait. AD I'm gonna tell you why that's this ridiculous. Past regular season. You just okay. And playoffs. Wait, no, wait, 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 wait. Including playoffs. Regular season, Giannis was above and beyond better than AD. Including playoffs. Okay. Look, listen, not listen, listen, listen. Giannis in the regular season was above was above and beyond Anthony Davis in the playoffs. Yes, AD played better than Giannis. So if you think about it, it's kind of e- you're talking about a guy who's just want, who's gonna win back to back MVPs, or who just won Defensive Player of the Year. How are you gonna just easily and throw AD over him? He just won two of the most important awards in to, the NBA. You go to and even even though if AD played with Mike Budenholzer, he'd be MVP too. Even though doubt it, I doubt disagree. It. I even disagree though too. their team did not perform well in the playoffs. I think that Giannis played well enough for them to win, but at the end of the day, it's like when people it's like when people criticize LeBron for passing out to Danny Green for the win and he missed the shot. At the end of the day, Giannis was getting guys great looks and his supporting cast played very poorly in the playoffs. Well, they won a game against Middleton. Miami without him. Yes, one game. Your boy Middleton played well. When horrible. you look when you look at the off court numbers when Giannis is not on the court and they just the Bucks play just without Giannis. It's not that much of a drop off the Bucks in, the, didn't, in the playoffs, and was. they look a little the, bit better. The Bucks didn't Sometimes. start winning sixty games until Giannis became an MVP. The Bucks didn't start it, becoming a top team in the East until Giannis started winning the oh, MVP. Oh, the Bucks didn't start winning sixty games until Mike Budenholzer got there. They didn't start winning sixty games until Brooke Lopez got there. They didn't start winning sixty games until George Hill got there. George so, Hill. So, so it was just no, Giannis. Wait, wait, ser- it was just Giannis because with serious? Giannis, they were getting out in the first round, and they were the eight seed too. He wasn't. An MVP, though. But he got an MVP when Budenholzer came there and just the okay, whole Okay, but when he made yes, the, when he made the jump, you're talking about George Hill. Budenho- Bro, you just I brought mean, up George Hill. Budenholzer, Budenholzer was actually responsible for the Atlanta Hawks. Mediocre yes, Giannis, talent-wise, winning 60 Giannis, games. It, that was not mediocre talent. 
It was. It was a it, great. They team. were the most overrated sixty-win team ever. It was overrated. Time. Very overrated. Yeah, best player was like I, I could agree with you though. Yeah, they were. We knew but, they weren't going to win anything. But one through five, they were. They were good. Demari Carroll and Kyle Korver. Demari Carroll was a starting. Yes, he was. I promise you, was. Jeff Teague, Kyle Korver, Demari Carroll. You're talking after Josh Smith. Yeah, we're not talking about that team. Not talking about that team. They won sixty wins with Mike Woodenhouse. I think Florida made the All Star game. Exactly. It was a weak East. That's terrible. But I'm just saying, I think for the year 2020. Regular season playoffs included, LeBron won AD two. You look, you look at Le, you look at Anthony Davis' advanced numbers; they're crazy. And if you saw his impact on defense, they don't win that without Anthony Davis. I love LeBron. I know LeBron is they, the best player there, but they don't win that without Anthony Davis. Obviously, that's not. why. Okay, that's why no I, team in the NBA they wouldn't win with they wouldn't win if they had Giannis off. there. That's why. But that's why I asked you. If you if you that's switch cr- Giannis no, and Davis, is, they don't win. Wait 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 they don't. wait wait wait. But that's he why he can't shoot. Davis wait, wait. was shooting forty percent from three. But Joel, that's why I asked you: Are we plugging in the guys who got hurt? Because you keep saying twenty twenty. There were guys who didn't play a whole season. I don't think Steph is better than AD. That's ridiculous. And I don't think KD an injured KD is better than AD either. But we're but not you, talking about that. We literally said before the asked. discussion. No, started, I know, but I don't healthy. think KD coming back off that injury is going to be better than Anthony. That's, that's why, not what that's, we're discussing. That's, that's, you're confused. You're confusing us. No. That's why I asked you. What are we talking about? One season or a totality of a couple seasons? We are not discussing the top ten players from last season. No, we're, we're discussing who's going to be the top ten players this upcoming year based on everything that we've seen before. And which one use one season? Healthy. Kawhi Leonard has been Kawhi a great Leonard, player. Kawhi Leonard's body. How long has he? Okay, okay. So if you're gonna say, how long has AD been better than Kevin Durant and Steph Curry in your mind? I don't think he has. But oh. this is where it's starting to turn because he's the two going guys, into wait, the so, prime. So it's starting to turn when the two guys didn't play and he plays, and that's when you decide, oh, he's better than the two guys that didn't no, play. No, I saw, I like, saw, no, no, I saw the games said. that Steph Curry played early in the year. He was horrible. They didn't. Wait, they have a negative record. Did you with see Curry? their team? Oh my god! They had a negative. Did you see I their could, team? I could argue that team was better than the team Anthony Davis had in, with the Pelicans. Who on that team was better than Drew Holiday besides Steph Curry? Drew Holiday was injured a lot. Who on that team was better than Drew Holiday? Draymond, no, seriously. Draymond Green. What? Draymond, Draymond Green. He's more of an impact than Drew Holiday. He definitely that, is. That's crazy. He is. You see Draymond Green to, doesn't. You, do you Draymond Green doesn't deal, make more do of an impact than Drew Holiday on the daily. You're telling me Draymond Green doesn't make more of an impact than Drew Holiday in 2020? You said 2020. Well, aren't you the same? Aren't you, just you guys aren't, four games. Aren't, aren't you guys the same guys that are saying that we're counting in all their body of work too? But you just used Steph's twenty twenty season, bro. He played like five games. You just he said was that. bad in them. What and can I say? <laughs> oh my god, that's, that's, that's what he crazy. was because he that was never crazy. a guy that could lead a team to a playoffs if all the guys aren't that good. James Harden could do it. I don't know about Steph. Never proved it. When Neither has you, AD. What? He has actually. He just played with LeBron. Well, with the Pelicans, he made the playoffs, and every single time he was he made the playoffs with the Pelicans, they were he he put up crazy great numbers. And they did they win a game? They played Golden State. Didn't Steph beat him? No, yeah, but didn't they sweep the Blazers when they weren't favorites? They, they did, did sweep the Blazers. Yes, mm-hmm. they also they also had a much better team that season. That was you forget, wait, do you forget Ron- Drew Holiday's impact that year? Or that just had Rondo, no, 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 I do know. Okay. Okay. What about Rondo? They were built nah, to yeah, beat the Blazers yeah. that year. They had two elite perimeter defenders. Weren't favorited, though. They actually, what were they, like fourth seed? Boogie went down, then they dropped to sixth seed because Boogie got hurt? No, nah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think AD's I just think that bring, bringing it back to the original discussion, I feel like you are not using the correct criteria to make this decision. I think that you were focusing way too much on last year and not taking into account that Kawhi Leonard has been doing this 
without the supporting cast that Anthony Davis had this year in LeBron James for multiple years prior. What do you mean? The Anthony, Spurs were one of the most talented teams Anthony, when Kawhi was there. Anthony Davis never had, never carried a team like Kawhi Leonard carried the Kawhi Raptors never last year. carried a team either. Every single team Kawhi's been on, he's had a lot of talent. He in the finals, the Raptors in the finals, year. I think five or six Raptors scored in double yes, digits the finals, in the finals. The finals. Can you they talk would about not have been there without and and Kawhi was injured. They in wouldn't that have series. been there without Marcus Gasol's defense on Joel Embiid in that Sixer series. They, they barely won with that. That all that you just said, and they won off a jump shot that Kawhi hit. Oh, they wanted one of the luckiest shots in that history. That Kawhi hit. But so I don't it was think Pascal it was that, would so even it got was, it up. So it was that close of a series. So without Marcus defense, they'd lose. Yes, and, nobody and, to guard and you're beat, picking out one impact that Marcus had. Kawhi Leonard was that team. He wasn't. He wasn't that team. That team was a collective effort, and they showed it because they were what the second seed or the third seed in the East this year. And they lost. In they the showed second, it. They lost in the second round in Game Seven in a game that could have gone either way. So what you're telling me is the guy, the guy who just played with LeBron, can lead a team, even though he just was a sidekick to LeBron, can lead the Raptors team to the finals. But the guy who's been the leader of multiple championship teams can't. Multiple, he's won two. And the one with the Spurs, he wasn't the leader on that team. They had Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Ginobili. He didn't at, even average at, the most points in that series. At their at that point in their careers, Kawhi was not the Kawhi leader. Kawhi was the best player. Kawhi was not team. the leader of that team. He let was still not, a young pup on that let team. Let me not say leader of that team. Pardon me. I'm talking about after those years when they were making the WCF with Kawhi as the leader of the team when he officially took the reins. I'm talking about when they lost to OKC in six. You said multiple championships. That's why that's why I, that's why I said let me when they lost to OKC in six, and then after that, when they played the Warriors, you telling me AD is going to do that? Why a not? big man. Wait, wait. If he had the same teams that Kawhi had, definitely, yeah. He also definitely, he yeah. also doesn't have the versatility that Kawhi has, in my opinion. I think that ball, people that can handle the ball are so much more valuable in the NBA these days. And Anthony Davis can't do that on the perimeter. He can't create his own shot on the perimeter. And I think I, I think that, I that takes him down a peg personally for me. If we're if we're talking if we're talking based off just the twenty twenty season, I agree with you. AD played like a top three player. If we're talking about who's walking in, but based off a couple seasons, because using just one season is unfair. Then no, I would still have LeBron, KD. I have Kawhi over him. I still have Harden. I still have Steph, Giannis. Those are the six guys I would have him. You could debate him and Giannis, but I I would put Giannis over him just off the simple fact he's a two time he's going to be a two time MVP and he just won Defense Player of the Year. Something that everybody keeps loving to praise AD for, but he has yet to win one. So those are the six guys I would have over him. But, but those, based off those, the twenty twenty season, I agree with you. He was he was those a top are player. those are the six guys that I think you would universally hear the argument about above him. Like I think and Luca's creeping, and, and I think he's in that. Like, I think that that seven-person range is almost indisputable. Like, I don't know if there's another guy in the league that Luka. you could argue is in that category. Luca's getting He's there. Luca's creeping. Luka's I mean, you will find a million different ways to order those seven guys, but I think that he has – I think it's fair Absolutely. to say that he is now firmly entrenched in that territory of those seven best players Yeah, now players his spot is, is solidified in that spot, like – now he's definitely, you can argue seven, you can argue six, you can argue five. I don't think you can argue three yet, but I agree you can that. argue five, six, I seven. So. I don't think after one playoff run, you can argue all the way up to two. That's that's insane to me. He has we'll one. Do you got to wait till next year? He does it again with LeBron. Then we can definitely the Lakers see are and, repeat. And is, and is LeBron going to take a step back? We don't know what's coming out of LeBron. I mean, a lot of people thought he was going to take a step back this year. And he played one of the better seasons that we've seen out of him. The Lakers will repeat and win the championship next year. I'm, it's I'm, possible. It wouldn't I'm, surprise I'm, me. I'm 90% certain of that. 
Please don't pick the Rockets again. I'm sick of that pick. You know, I mean, realistically, like when you look at the league, how much is going to change from a contender standpoint? I think you're going to see a lot of the same teams contending. The only teams that might get a real big shakeup are the Rockets and the Sixers. And I don't think that there's anything that they can do that would change them, you know, mightily from last year what they were. I think the Lakers and have, the, a, have and, a pretty good shape. And the Nets, of course. But even I, as well, a Net fan, have I don't big think question the Lakers, marks about the Lakers, damn near their whole team is walking in the free agency right now. So I like, think they get a, a major shape up, shake up. I wouldn't be surprised if they bring a CP3. Yeah, I was going to say, I would almost They bring a CP3, they have to unload everybody. It's going to be interesting to see what they do this offseason because they're going to have a lot of money to play with. And it's it's going to be very interesting to see how they decide to spend it like you mentioned, they're losing a lot in free agency. I think that they're going. Contract. I think they're going to end up bringing a lot back on smaller deals, and I think that a guy like CP3 would be willing to take a slight pay cut if need be to play with his buddy LeBron <coughs> on a championship contending team. And honestly, I don't see how anybody beats that. I team. I keep hearing if, him if, and D Rose, one of those two. I mean, those two guys would be huge additions because they are both spots that the Lakers needed desperately last year. Derrick Rose would come in and be a reliable perimeter scorer that they needed so badly last year, and CP3 would be that playmaker that Rondo filled that hole very well in the playoffs, but I don't know if he could do that over an 82-game stretch. The biggest threat to the Lakers right now that people say is the Warriors because they're coming back healthy next year, and they got the second overall pick. So right now, a lot of people want them to trade the pick. These are some... Potential names that they could trade for Bradley Beal, Kevin Love, Giannis, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday. What do you guys think? Should they just should they just draft a player with this second pick or they should should they trade for one of these proven players that's on this list or that is not on the list? If you could stay trade, away from Bradley Beal. If you could yeah, first stay of all, away Bradley, Bradley Beal, Beal, he would not fit at all with this team. They don't need a Bradley Beal. And it's the same thing I said when Bradley Beal was rumored with the Nets. There would not be enough basketballs in the gym. And we saw it with Kevin Durant, who, first of all, was a much better scorer. Second of all, was a more versatile scorer. Third of all, was a better defender. And even that ended up going up in flames. I don't think that Bradley Beal would fit with this team. I think that that would be a mistake. I think that Kevin Love is not nearly enough value for the second pick unless you're getting back a first-round pick from the Cavs or one of their young talents. Hey, I don't you don't know. think so? No. I'd actually think that the not Warriors will need to career. I think that the Warriors will need to give their first and an Andrew Wiggins to get they have to, to be his contract is big. Crazy. And that giving up your crazy. only reliable wing when you need a wing right now cuz the league is wing dominant. I don't think that and makes Kevin, sense. And Kevin Kevin Love is not at all at that point in his career anymore and he really hasn't been since the tail end of the LeBron days in Cleveland like I don't think he's nearly worth the second overall pick. Who, did you name any wings on that list? Any small forwards? Giannis. I think Giannis, if you Ben could, Simmons, if you want to count him like as a forward, Drew Holiday. Ben Simmons would be an interesting one. If you could trade for Giannis, do it in a heartbeat, and they would win the championship next the year. The thing with me is I don't think that Giannis, I think he's hell-bent on going to Miami. I think he's going to Miami. I think that I don't see him going to Golden State. I don't think he's going back to Milwaukee. I think his short list of teams is going to be Toronto, Miami, and Golden State. Toronto? I've heard him linked with Toronto, that which would, I think would be, be a good fit for them. They could probably make a finals run 
if he goes to Toronto, same thing Anthony Davis could do if he goes there too. And all three of those spots, nice talent around him, a great head coach. All three of those places would be essentially guaranteeing him a championship contention. Uh, I say you just draft. You want them to draft this guy over here, James Wiseman? Oh, I didn't say him. I said just draft. <laughs> but who do you want them to draft? I say you take you take Anthony Edwards. I say you just take. You, if he goes one, do you take Lamelo? No, then because uh, then I wouldn't. You, you're not. The thing with Anthony Edwards is you you know what you you know what's coming in. You're gonna get a guy who wants to score. He's gonna play defense on every night. He's gonna want to score every night. He's a big NBA body, six five. He's strong. You're gonna get that. You get Lamelo. He's a little tricky player. Now you got to figure out how you're going to play him and Steph, you know, two point guards who don't really play defense like that. And now you got a guy who needs the ball. So it's going to be tricky. And then you get this guy. He played three games. He's a big man. He doesn't have a lot of post moves. He's kind of skinny in frame. And he's just going to clog the paint. That's not what you really want. And he's taking a year off of competitive basketball. Damn near in the ear. So I'd say get Anthony Edwards. If If he's gone, then you obviously make a trade. But I don't see, like... Drew Holiday, I get that, but he's 6'4". He's not really a shooter. You need a big guy, like, and you're going to have to trade Wiggins or Draymond. You're not going to trade Steph. They have play. a trade exception. Oh, $17.5 million. The more we've discussed it, I think I'm actually falling in love with the idea of Ben Simmons on the Warriors. He would, be like, he would be like a Draymond Green on steroids for them. You know, like he he would be better for them than Draymond Green was when I think he Draymond. was at his peak. You can honestly could trade Draymond, Draymond. yeah. And, and oh, just thinking about him and that Steve Kerr offense, they would be unstoppable on the fast break. He would add another layer of defense, one through five. And think about it—he's younger lacking. than Giannis too. Oh my God, that would actually be a perfect fit if they could pull that off, he's, and it would be beneficial a, for both sides. He's a better playmaker than Giannis too. Because yeah, go, going back to then the Sixer side of things, they would have the number two overall pick in a guard-heavy draft class, where they can draft a guard, or which Lamella. is what a, a scoring shooting guard, which is what they've been lacking so badly. You know, my potential option for the Warriors to get. And to trade this pick is, I think Miles Turner. I think he would fit their team. It would take a it would take a lot more than just Miles Turner. Like the, yeah. the Pacers would have. What to else throw would they give though? More. I'm trying to think. Maybe all the depot. I don't know Ooh. how they would make that work, but his trade value is so low right now. I mean, I don't, honestly, I wouldn't. I wouldn't them. mind. I like Miles Turner. I wouldn't mind giving Wiggins and the pick for Oladipo and Turner. And maybe want, like a second round pick. I, from I them. would want a little bit more value back from the Pacers, but you're right. I I think that Miles Turner is a good option for any team like the Warriors to key in on. He's a yeah. good shooter. He I defends agree. around the rim, and that's something that you don't really. I mean, and he wants out. Out outside of some of the top options in the league, like uh, Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, you're not going to find that in in a lot of the big men in the league. And like you mentioned, he wants out. He's behind Sabonis realistically. Sabonis plays the four and he plays the five, but he's realistically it's behind not, it's Sabonis. Not bad fit. Yeah. Um that would be an interesting deal. I think it would it it would need a lot of work with it that's a good framework for it, but it would need a lot of work on the outside. And maybe they could trade Miles Turner a pick and maybe a, add in a Doug McDermott to come off the bench Another for them shooter. or a TJ McConnell, a guy who could play defense, something like that. They gotta I, they gotta build wings around Steph and Clay. You gotta figure out what you're gonna do to compete with the LeBrons, the Kawhis, the ADs. Yeah, they don't need any more guard play. Like they have the guard play locked. The guards up are gonna dominate. You gotta Clay. you need they you have need they have to try to compete with the Lakers because after the Clippers, what they showed, you don't really need to worry about them too much. Yeah, and that's what I love about a Ben Simmons or Giannis coming to them because he adds an element that 
You can guard any one team five. that wants to compete with the Lakers' needs is a guy that can guard Anthony Davis. They have Draymond who can at least slow down LeBron. I don't think there there's many guys in the league that can. I think there, you put there's Draymond almost no AD. team in the league that can guard LeBron and Anthony Davis. And getting a guy like a Ben Simmons or a Giannis would give you that in Draymond and whoever they get. It's easier to key in on wings like Kawhi and Paul George if they play him, especially because they don't have a big man option. Montrez Hero is probably going to leave him free agency. He's terrible. And Zubach not worried about him. Yeah. So you can key in on those guys in the playoffs, especially Clay being a great defender. It it probably be easier than to guard Anthony Davis who's six ten, and even if you put Draymond, you could put Draymond on AD. On AD, I don't think I think that's a bad matchup for them still. Ooh. I, the Warriors, I think AD you, drops thirty on him. Well, I, well, I, I, I wouldn't. Draymond isn't the same as he once used to be when he was guarding AD. So I can, I, I agree. Can Ben Simmons guard AD? No, I don't think you can necessarily There's say. There's not many in the league that can guard AD, could, but can, can he, he slow him down yes. enough to make it a competitive? Well, because when you look at, I it, don't think so. All they would need is Draymond and Ben. Hypothetically, in a world where they trade for Ben Simmons and they keep the rest of their core. Ben Simmons and Draymond. Could I'm gonna they, say this: Could they slow LeBron and AD down enough? Nobody's slowing LeBron down. I tell you what, though, they'll do a lot better job at doing what the Nuggets did, Houston did, and Portland did. You have Draymond, you have Ben Simmons. You're gonna do a lot better job than PJ Tucker and exactly. Jeremy Grant and all of them. You're gonna do a lot better job. And think about it: the Trailblazers and the Rockets had the guard play to beat the Lakers, but they didn't get the the production on. The defensive yeah, side man. of the ball guarding LeBron and AD. And now you got Draymond just focusing on defense. He doesn't have to focus on anything else. You have Ben Simmons who you can he, – he essentially he can guard one through five. So he can guard any position and he can stay in front of LeBron. It's going to be tough though because it's still LeBron. It's still AD. Yeah. But they got to guard Steph and Clay too. So it's going to – you know, it's going to be tough regardless. I think a trade makes the most sense for them right now, though, because you look at Steph and Clay; they're only getting older, and their championship window is closing. Coming off the injury, they need a, a bit of a safety blanket because you don't know how they're going to come back. And they have and, Minnesota's pick next year. Yeah, so if, if they wanted to kind of try and turn the page and start a next chapter, I think they draft and hope that they can develop one of those guards like Anthony Edwards maybe. But I think it makes more sense for them to maximize their championship window now with Stephen Clay, bring in a guy who can help them compete. And even if you get a guy like Ben Simmons, he could be your future too. Or a guy like Giannis. Like they don't only have to be your now, they could be your future when when Stephen Clay inevitably start to be on the downfall. And even then, you keep those guys around, they could play till they're forty years old the way they shoot the ball. Absolutely. Coach. We talk about two. We talked about two straight Western Conference teams in the Lakers and the Warriors. Now we're about to talk about a third, the Houston Rockets. What's next for Houston? Daryl Morey left. Mike D'Antoni left. Daryl Morey wrote a heartfelt letter. We don't care. He said that I know. Sometimes I wake up and I'm sad about the way that I have not surrounded James Harden with players to win, and that's true. Everybody's you know, sad about that, especially in Houston. But what's next for Houston? That that's the real question. What's first, next for Houston? First of all, that's a ridiculous statement. You Daryl Morey has been on record saying how he believes this team can win the chip. He believes that team to win can chip. And now you come out with that silly statement talk about, oh, I'm sorry. You can finally be honest. You could have been honest. You said about Joe Douglas, remember? 
Sometimes you got you're not gonna go out and say you, my team has no chance. No, to win you, the you, chip. but you can go out and say, see NBA. So you could tell, especially when, when you've made moves to try you to could, win. You could tell when a GM is like, you could tell when the GM walks out. He says, "We're gonna compete. I feel like we can win." And then a GM comes out and say, "No, I think we can win the championship this year." There's a different level. You could tell by their body language, and he really believed that those teams that you that y'all put together could they win the championship. I don't know if he truly believed it with the Westbrook team, but I think with that the Chris not Paul team, only yeah. he believed they should I believe they could have been a championship team with Chris Paul, especially the year that they they inevitably lose Chris Paul to the injury and blow that 3-2 series lead. That was a team that should have been in the finals. They just didn't perform in games 6 and 7. And they Chris didn't Paul shoot was the out well enough. The Chris bottom line out. is that James Harden's best teams were during the Warriors peak and not the Warriors peak without Durant. With Durant. It was Which with is the Durant. greatest team in NBA history. Exactly. It's just unfortunate. It was bad luck. But what's next for Houston? They don't have a coach right now. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out. That's the first thing you got to figure out who's going to coach. I like Jeff Blow Van Gundy to coach. I think so. I like Jeff Van Gundy. I'm sorry. You guys need a big man. This small ball, not a big. Okay, let me not say like a center. You need Miles a versatile Turner. big. Yeah, like you need a big who can still be on the court when you play five out, but still go down and guard bigs on the other end. Because this playing six, seven centers is not fitting. Because you got yeah. beat by your own game in the playoffs. You they eight uh, AD because and then Westbrook small, couldn't shoot. Which you knew that walking in. Oh, no, that was their downfall, though. Yeah, yeah, and then AD went small, and he just they LA essentially said we're gonna go small too. We're gonna beat you at your own game. If you get a guy and leave could, Westbrook open. Yeah. Okay. If you get a guy because he's gonna get left open every time. If you get a guy who can stay in the game, like a Miles Turner, who can still shoot three, he can also guard the four to five. He can be a big and be essentially a wing, then you you guys will be fine. But you guys are playing 6-5 centers and 6-8 yeah. power forwards. It's not going to work. And at the end of the day, as much as the league has transitioned to guard-heavy, shoot-the-ball, five-out offenses, there are still huge big-man threats in the league. Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis, that's just the three that come to the top of your head. And you're going to have to guard those guys if you want to win a championship. They saw it with the Lakers at the end of the day, they had to guard Anthony Davis, and they didn't have. You could argue PJ Tucker, but realistically, as much as he put up a good fight, he cannot guard. And, that's, Anthony and, that's, Davis. and that was another problem with the Clippers. Six seven Montrez Harrell. You cannot guard the Joker at like it's it's in the field, but he's not a big man. And that was their downfall. You yeah. looked at it the way they defended him was they would throw double teams at him, and and Jokic would throw the the second swing pass, and their defense yeah. did not adjust whatsoever. That was their mistake. And I'm sorry, Jokic. PJ Tucker is not 2016 Draymond Green. I'm sorry that you guys the Rockets think that. Oh. Gonna, I don't think they think that. No, they do. You're gonna you're no. trying to copy I this think Warriors that they were playbook. To, I think that they were trying to do everything they could to fully buy into this five out system, but they didn't have the perfect personnel. You didn't have the it. fits. And in order for it to work, you need to have the perfect personnel. And the 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 personnel that's not perfect for this system is Westbrook. That's it's, fair. It's but I think even being honest, even if you had Chris Paul instead of Westbrook, I don't think that they're a chance. If they had, if they same. had Chris Paul, they don't trade away Clint Capella, and I, I'm I, 100 percent believe in that. Look, the Rockets' first thing they need to do is they need to find a coach. Absolutely. Second, they need to do. I don't know how they're going to do it, but needing to find some way to get some money because they have no cap space. Trading Russell. They Westbrook. have no Barrett flexibility. They are stuck. They are stuck because. Harden and Westbrook in, I think, 80 million or 90 million between the both Westbrook. Of them. Don't say Harden and Westbrook because Harden yeah, deserves I know. the money he's getting. Don't, don't forget Eric Gordon. 
Yeah, Aaron Gordon, he's making like I think fourteen to sixteen million a year, or I think eighteen around it's, that I number. I think it's eighteen. But the thing about it is that Westbrook, you cannot trade Westbrook and get equal value for him. Oh no, I would do anything I could to dump him. But that's the thing. I don't think I'd do that because if you dump Westbrook in a trade and you don't get equal value back, you're not getting better. You might be getting worse actually because you're bring as bad as Westbrook is in the playoffs because he can't shoot. He is still great in the regular season. All right, so Westbrook forty three mil, Harden forty three, Eric Gordon eighteen, Robert Covington twelve. No, oh, yeah, they don't they don't have any flexibility, but. I know Rockets fans... And you have to pay PJ this year. I know Rockets... Yeah, they're already working on an extension. I know Rockets fans don't want to hear this. Maybe they do. Maybe they feel this sentiment. If I'm the Rockets, and I hope Tillman Fertitta sees this as well because he said he doesn't want to blow up the team because he has Harden and Westbrook, trade Harden. Just get him out of Houston. Harden needs to win a championship. He's not going to win it in Houston. Where is he going to win it? He'll win it. He can win it in Philly. He could win it in Toronto. He goes in. He could, he could win it in a lot of places. James Harden, he could win a championship. He's one of the top He's one of the top five, six players in the world. He can definitely win it. I agree with you. I, I think And he, I think the Rockets, for everything James Harden has done for that organization, need to need to give him statue. the benefit of the doubt and let him go and let him thrive somewhere else and give them a chance. And that would be a very nice sentiment, but at the end of the day, they have to think about themselves and I would much rather a, a thousand times out of a thousand trade Russell Westbrook and get less value back than trade James Harden who I think is one of if not the greatest perimeter scorer of all time and one of the seven guys in the league that I think could be the best player on a championship team. This is what I don't like. You that. can take the hit by getting slightly worse in a Russell Westbrook trade. I don't think you can. If you have the money People will want to play with James Harden. You're coming up on a great free agency class next season. They got to get capped, man. This is I, – I don't agree with that because what team would want to trade for Westbrook outside of these bad the teams? The okay, who are the Knicks going to give that are going to make the Rockets better? Anything. Literally anything. I honestly don't believe the Knicks' best player is Mitchell Robinson. I do not believe that – you're essentially the getting Knicks another trade. Capella. No, I don't think the Knicks trade Mitchell Robinson. No, and they shouldn't. Westbrook. And 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 you should. I think want that just shows how bad Westbrook's value is right now across the league. No, they're yeah. uh, not necessarily. The Knicks wouldn't want to just they don't want a contract. That's all it is. Where, and, and and my question is, where are you going with Russell Westbrook? He's not getting any better. What's going to keep him? What's going to keep him? He's for? not getting any better. His jump shot isn't showing any he's signs declining. that it's going to. He's he's on the decline. You're paying him forty three million dollars. Yeah, it's going to have to be a cap dump. And I I do really like Westbrook, but I just think that he's at the stage in his career where any trade involving him would have to be a cap dump. It's the same thing with Chris I, Paul. I agree with that the, as well. The Thunder are going to lose value in a trade with Chris Paul, but it just makes sense for them. To get that contract off the books. It's different. They set themselves up. OKC wants to do that. They want to rebuild. Houston is looking at this, and they want to win a championship. You're not going to get closer to winning the championship trading Westbrook. That's why it's so hard to trade him, because you don't go anywhere. That That's why, in my in, in my opinion, if you're going to trade Westbrook, just, just get Harden out of there. Wait, wait, just okay. trade him, too. So if you trade Harden, he's a bigger value. So essentially, you're going to blow up another team to get James Harden. So say for example you trade him to Toronto. Who you want who you want to get back? 
You're probably yeah, going to have to get Pascal. It's going to be insane. The value is going to be insane. So him going there, essentially, is going to wipe out their team. He's going to have to start anew there. The, not not really, win a championship. the best partners in a deal would be the Sixers, and you would have to get, get one, of, you would have to get one Simmons. of Simmons or Embiid back. But and even so, got, it's like, what are, what are either of Harden. those guys doing with Russell Westbrook? Nothing. You can't trade Harden. I think the Rockets just need, if, if they're going to go the route to trading these players, they have to trade both. They have to trade Westbrook and Harden, and then, and you then just you're start going a into rebuild. a total rebuild. I think that it and makes I more think sense. They have to do that, even I, though they don't have no first round picks. So got to get them. Now's the time I to think, get them. I think that the the best way for them to do it would be to trade Russell Westbrook. Maybe you get worse next season, but it sets you up for a big free agency class to have some money. You might have to get a little worse, but. You will get better in the long run. The off thing of that. is, I don't even think trading Westbrook gives them a lot of money in free agency. They they are really backed up with their cap. If they, I if think, they keep I think overpaying guys. I think I think Westbrook sending him to another team. I don't think they have enough cap to sign a star player. Maybe not this upcoming offseason. No, no, I know, but, but I'm talking about 2021. They have, don't because Eric Gordon's. You will have to books. give up Westbrook, Harden, and Covington. Like they, they're really strapped. They're really strapped. What about what about cap. if you get Eric Gordon's contract off the books? You can probably get another good player. If you're trading Gordon and Russell Westbrook, you're blowing the team up essentially. And I think that the team needs to be blown up. You mentioned it. If Harden you, is 31, 32, one of those. I think he might be 31. 31. You can't just blow the team up when he's 31. You got to try to win now. But Even I don't if think that he's means, declining it. Like, I think that you're going to get another good two to three years out of what he is right now. Maybe yeah, slightly worse, but still at a level that he can be by far the best player on a championship team. And you mentioned I would it, like the biggest problem with these Rockets was Russell Westbrook. So no matter what you do to, you know, it's like if you have a, a, a paint a, a chip in your paint on the wall you could do anything else you want in the rest of the house but when people walk in they're going to see the chip in the paint russell westbrook is that chip in the paint no matter what you do yeah, to surround no, him he's still going to be there and he's still going to be a liability because at the end of the day he is like ben simmons without ben simmons size he's a yeah, great i think he needs to go too i totally agree with you but i don't think he goes and they Harden can withstand another rebuild and still play at an MVP level. My prediction, this is a hot take, but I think that Harden's contract is up in two seasons. I think he goes to the Lakers when his contract is up and plays with Anthony Davis. Do you think LeBron would still be there? I don't know. LeBron would be what, 38 by then? 30, 38? Yeah, probably 37, 30, I think 38. Harden would take a pay cut to play with the Lakers. And I think and LeBron would take a pay cut. That was utterly that ridiculous what I just heard. James Harden to the Lakers. That, I'm crazy. calling it. He's going to win the championship. I know James Harden is going to win a championship. It's just a matter of. Winning. I don't. I don't think he declines his option for 46 million dollars in 2022, 2023. He wants to win, man. He, he said he's going to do it at whatever that's cost. 46 million dollars. He'll get 20 something. The thing man. is, he like, wants to win. The thing is, like I, you, like Ooh. you're saying, you don't think he could withstand another rebuild, but trading Westbrook, I don't think signals full scale rebuild. I think that you could do a mini rebuild. Getting yeah. getting rid of Westbrook, it would bring in $40 million in cap as long as you don't spend that stupidly over the next no, season. No, I'm saying that even trading Westbrook, they're still um, within the luxury tax. They're still uh, like over the luxury tax. Even yeah, and they Westbrook. would have to dump some other contracts, but I don't think that those guys that you would be getting rid of would hurt you so much that 
if you were able to bring in another max contract type guy in, in that free agency class with Giannis, you know, I, I I don't think that the rebuild has to take that much time. If I, dis- you, I disagree with you right there. I, just, I really think it is uh, going to take time. I feel like you got to get rid of Westbrook. I feel like he's just going to keep her. And and like you mentioned, you could trade James Harden, but you're not doing your franchise any services. You're doing James Harden a service. You're doing your own franchise a disservice, trading away one of the seven, the seven guys in the league that I think can be the best player on a championship team. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Riv, you know, your your favorite artist is a big James Harden's guy. Big no, James he's a Harden big guy. Houston Rockets fan because he's from Houston. He's <laughs> he's right. a big James Harden. They, he said in his one of his songs, "I'm at James Harden's house. I'm I'm, I'm all in Houston with the, in the mix." That's what he said. He runs Houston, not Harden. Harden runs Houston. <laughs> he if runs. You, if you think Lil Baby is more popular in Houston, than James I was talking Harden, about Travis Scott. Oh, who you was talking about? You I was talking about, about Lil oh, Baby. Oh, oh no, nah, we was on different pages. Yeah, that's all when you said Houston. I was like, "What are you talking?" Yeah, about? Yeah, that's what. No, when you said the lyric, I was like, "Wait." <laughs> Travis Scott never said that. Not oh. little baby. Oh yeah, little baby. That is his favorite. Nah, my favorite artist is Travis Scott though, and he runs Houston. Little baby's probably your second though, right? Nah, he's like fifth though. Fifth. Yeah. James Harden, man. It's James Harden. They're actually the mad cool. That's the funny part. Like they're mad cool. Yeah, I know. Next topic. Loser. James Harden will never be a loser. He's a loser. He's a, he's Who'd a, you call a loser the other day? And they did. Wait, He's I a, hate I hate that tag. I think it's the dumbest he thing. He called somebody a loser and I forgot. It was literally last show or the show before. He was James like, he's a Harden loser. In the eight years he's been in Houston, every other team has missed the playoffs, but James Harden led teams. That's so incredible. It What's, is. Let me ask you a question. If I don't make the playoffs, right, and you make the playoffs, but you get bounced out in the first round, isn't it like we did the same thing? I just feel like no. it's such a stupid tag calling people winners loser. or losers. Like I just think it's yeah, ridiculous. James no, Harden I'm, is a winner. Honestly, unless, unless it was tennis or golf. Honestly, nobody speaking. I feel like you're a winner once you walk into the NBA. Honestly speaking, I think you've won. Exactly, you're a winner. I think so too. But I think within its context of the stage. No, I think he's. A, I was playing. I, just, I think he's a winner. He's an MVP. He's going to oh, be in yeah. all the fame. Yeah, he has a, a great beard too. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> there's there's just levels to this winning thing, and this this guy I know he's light skinned He's a different type of winner. Then your guy, you know. I wonder what would happen if James Harden was put in that same position. He'd win just as much. It's not my fault. Even Bob more. Myers admires I Steph's game. They, they don't, they don't, I guarantee you they don't blow a 3-1 lead. Harden's coming back from 3-1 lead. They, no, no, they no, 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 no. Josh so Smith and the cast come back from 3-1 lead. Did you see the game seven? No. Mm. Joel. Stop. Nobody Stop. changes the outcome of that series. James Harden does. What, what is James Harden James Harden doesn't even He's get in that position. 50. Wait, the the Warriors don't become the go. Warriors with James Harden, Mr. Ball Dominant. They don't be with Steph. He was a great off-ball scorer. He was never Steph. No Cut KC. it out. He was never Steph. At that, po- slightly at that point so in his better. career, he was not changing the outcome of that series. There might not have been a player in the NBA that would change the outcome, would change of, that the outcome of that series. Well, Michael Jordan at, ain't losing that. I mean, at that point in time, I don't think there's anybody you could have switched positions with Steph Curry and changed the outcome Michael of that Jordan's series. Michael Jordan's not close to LeBron, man. Stop playing. He's way better than Harden. By a very a large, large, like 55 close. miles. As a scorer, James Harden is the best scorer in the history a, he of He won basketball. the scoring title 10 times. And, and they were facing like plumbers and electricians in that oh NBA. God. Come on, man. Stop on. Next. Next topic. All right. Next topic. Did Cowboys miss on the Mike McCarthy hire? We all know about the Cowboys struggles. I think they're 2-4 and four right now. Some locker room tension they were talking about. People calling out the coaching staff, saying they're unprepared. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know how they're doing their jobs. 
Mike McCarthy came out and said, you guys got to be a man about it <laughs> and just speak up. Basically saying, you got to tell me that to my face. Uh. So what's wrong with the Cowboys? Was this a bad hire? Was Mike McCarthy the wrong pick to coach this team? What do you think it is? I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's Dallas dysfunction and the bad hire. I mean, you look at Dallas and we all can agree on paper. They're one of the most talented teams in the league. They got players at almost every position. They have a really and it's the thing is the offense will before you know Dak went down the offense was really good you know they have a really great receiving core they have a great running back they're they're like they're a really good offense the defense was just not up to par and I I don't want to say like because I'm a, I'm a little offense I don't know if he's the def, he's the defensive he's coordinator not. he's not so I feel like the it really should come down to the defensive coordinator because that defense with all that talent has been failing Dallas for not just this year. Before he was even there last year, they've been they've been underperforming in our division for the past two three seasons. So I don't think this should just jump solely on him. They've been underperforming for almost Jason Garrett, Garrett's whole career. So I think the thing about it is that they've degressed though from Jason Garrett's time. I think so this, far, yeah. this six games have been worse yeah, than any. But I think six they're still talented as hell though, and, and I think it just goes to show you. I mean, we all thought that Dak Prescott was super replaceable. No, Dak, we didn't. Dak was, Did we? I mean, a lot I think of, a, a lot, lot of people, people thought that. that. When well, I say I think, we, I, I don't mean it, us at this three. To be, fair, though, to be fair, the quarterback is Andy Dalton. So, I mean. But Andy I mean, Dalton is arguably the best backup one quarterback of the, one in the of, league. One of, if not the nah, best backup in the league. But he's, he's not a backup. He's in that. Foles he, is a backup. He's starting. So he was a backup. backup. What's wrong with you? He was a backup. What like no. is he starting or is he not starting? No matter what, no matter what, he's, he's a, a he's a top three backup in the what's league. Wrong with so you? if if there was anybody that backup. was going he's to replace starter. him, he wasn't a starter. Like, he's starting now. Yeah, because he because they benched the starter and put him in because he was the he backup. Came back against Atlanta. Because because he what what was he at the beginning of the season? That doesn't answer the question. Answer the now. question. What was he at the beginning of the season? It's different. I'm not going to get into gonna, the, I'm not going to get into this argument because Nick Foles has a winning record with Chicago. Something Carson Wentz doesn't have with Philadelphia. That has nothing to do with him is, being this a is backup. The bo- this is the bottom line. A lot of people thought that Dallas's offense they were going to be okay. Their defense would have still been bad. Their offense would have been okay because Andy Dalton is one of the best backups in the NFL. <clears throat> Rude awakening. Dak, Dak Prescott can't be replaced. He's not Carson Wentz when Nick Foles could take a spot and take him to the Super Bowl and win. He's not that. Carson Wentz, he's replaceable. Dak Prescott is not replaceable. He's a great leader. He's a great quarterback. But the problem with the Cowboys is that they are handing out too many bad contracts player after player. Well, we knew that before. I yeah, think we knew that before but, but look at but, but look at this. Look at this. Demarcus Lawrence, $21 million through 2024. He's getting that a year. Demarcus Lawrence isn't a game breaking, game changing player. He's not. He had one great season. He was season. before he got paid. I was I was hesitant. That was one year. That's I the was problem. Hesitant to give Jamal Adams twenty million dollars, no, and I, Jamal Adams is a game breaking type player. I was I was I would have never gave that to Demarcus Lawrence. But mm. then you have Amari Cooper. He's getting twenty million a year. He's a great wide receiver, but he's not a top five wide Especially receiver. Especially when you have Michael Gallup and CD Lamb, you don't need to be. And paying Cedric Wilson. I don't think they thought they too. were going to get. I don't. Think, I don't think they thought CD was going to land where they got him at though. But there were so many good receivers in that draft That's that they fair. could have replaced him, even they, if it took trading up. But they got to like. I feel like CD. I I get the class was great, but I feel like CD was was like a game changer receiver. Like I he, guess they could have had uh, Justin Jefferson too. They, even yeah. if, even if they wanted to trade up, they could have made a run for Jerry Judy. They could have uh, gotten. Um, That's true. But even without that, they could have. If they didn't want to draft CD, they could have drafted Justin Jefferson, Lavisca Chanel, Chase. People Claypool. didn't even believe in Justin Jefferson, though. But look I at did. this: 
Ezekiel Elliott, $15 million through 2027. He's getting that yearly. Mm -hmm. You don't pay a running back that money. Then Jalen Smith, he's getting paid $11 million. He got paid and sucked after that. These players are not, outside of Zeke, outside of Zeke, Mm -hmm. and running backs, I would never pay them that type of money. These are not game-changing players. But the real problem is their defense. Mike Nolan is their defensive coordinator, and this year he's 27th in yards allowed and 32nd in points. (laughs) This is just his history. Throughout where he's been. Last time he was defensive coordinator was from 2012 to 2014 with Atlanta. In 2014, he was 32nd in yards, 27th in points. 2013, he was 27th and 27th. He was 27th in both yards and points allowed. In 2012, he was 24th in yards allowed, but only 5th in points allowed. So that year, their defense kind of had a lot uh, some luck, and they didn't let teams score in the red zone. Mm-hmm. But Dallas is in a position where they can't get their team better. And they have this cloud over their heads whether they want to pay Dak Prescott or not. But frankly, they can't really pay Dak because they're paying these guys this much money. See, in my opinion, I would have not paid Jalen Smith. I would have not paid Zeke. I would have not paid Amari. And I would have just focused on getting getting Dak his money. And then surrounding the team around Dak. Because they, with, a, with a great offensive line, they have arguably one of the top five offensive lines and in the league. And they're injured right now. And To be fair, though... Zeke got paid because of what he did before, and he to be he was very dominant. Yeah, but even so, like I don't even know if I would pay a Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. that much money. And he and, and he, he is, did in my get, opinion, he did get paid that. And Mike Davis stepped in, and not only did he have great fantasy production, but the Carolina went three and zero. Yeah, I just think the running backs right now are arguably the most replaceable position on the field. You could find talent at running back almost anywhere. In the late rounds of the draft, free agency, like there is good running backs all around the league. It all depends on what you do with them. Right. And you look at the Cowboys, they would have assuming they find a way to good they find a way to get one of those top receivers, even if it ends up being Justin Jefferson, you would have Michael Gallup already, who has progressed to become a very good wide receiver and a great young receiver and one of those guys, Dak Prescott, who I think a lot of people underrate what Dak Prescott is. I think that he's one. I think he's a top ten quarterback in the league. And at the end of the day, I don't think that they've been wise with their money. It's shoehorned them in this position, and they compounded it. They doubled down by hiring a guy like Mike Mike McCarthy, who he was a name. He he did great things with the Packers, but he hasn't adjusted to the league. And I feel like the Cowboys didn't want to go for an outside-of-the-box hire because they didn't want to take the risk of that failing. They Mm -hmm. wanted to go for the established name in Mike McCarthy, but there's a reason that he was out in Green Bay. He never adjusted to what the the NFL is becoming, and clearly he hasn't adjusted now. I feel like what does my say matter if you have two players, not just one, but two anonymous Cowboys players saying that their their entire coaching staff is totally unprepared, They don't teach. They don't have any sense of adjusting on the fly. And another says they just aren't good at their jobs. But see, that's my, two my, players no, in the locker room. Who said it. I'd my problem it with that is that that that's weak with, for them to say that. Like, I six agree. Weeks the year. I agree. But also, this is what I think. I'm gonna I'm just go back to this deep thing real quick. I love Tony Pollard. I'm not saying Tony Pollard would have been Zeke. But if you bring in another running back, they could have probably matched that same production yeah. between the three of them. That's why I wouldn't have paid Zeke. Tony Pollard, I think, last year, he flashed more than Zeke. When I would watch Cowboy games, I would look at Tony Pollard and be like, wow, who's that? That's a really good player right there. I, but back to this Mike McCarthy point. 
I don't think this is on him. When, when you watch the game and you watch the film, these guys are legitimately messing up their assignments. Corners not going in contain, right? Then you have Jalen Smith missing tackles and, and not knowing where to be on defense. These This is on them. But I think that that also has to do with coaching. If your team isn't prepared and doesn't go out and run the plays correctly, to an extent that's the player's fault. But I think that that discipline comes from great coaching, which the, I don't the, think The thing they about have. the Cowboys is that, I mean, there are a lot of players that used to play for Mike McCarthy that vouch for him. I think the Mike Mike Nolan was definitely the wrong hire at defensive coordinator. He shouldn't have been on the staff. But I think Mike McCarthy, I'm I'm not ready to be like he's worse than Jason Garrett. Let's not forget that Peyton Manning also vouched for Adam Gase, and we see how that turned out. I think sometimes there's a difference just... though. Adam Gase, we know he's nothing. Huh. Uh, wait, with Mike McCarthy, we know he's a Super Bowl winning head coach, and he has a track yeah, record. But that was a decade ago. No, oh, yeah, but he ago. but he has a track record. He has a track record when San Francisco, he has a track record developing quarterbacks. Like he he does have a track record. But I he think just the hasn't Cowboys, adapted. He ne- but we all knew the Cowboys defense just wasn't going to be good this year. Their secondary is awful. It doesn't they they have a bunch of big names, but none of them are really game changing players. They have a lot of talent. It's just, pr- it's just it pretty amazing for me that a team with this much talent could come out and be consistently poor week to week, especially on the defensive discipline. side of the ball. They like, like discipline. It, it's and discipline comes from coaching. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of the biggest problems that the Jets have, and I think that that is a reflection on the coaching staff. Is there's no discipline in in the play? You're not going to see that with the Seahawks. You're not going to see that with the Buccaneers, a, a team with a great coach. The, the Patriots will never be undisciplined because Bill Belichick will not let his team be undisciplined. I, I'll be honest. And Tom point, Brady wouldn't let his team be on exactly. display. At a certain point, it's not even that because when you talk about coaching and discipline, I think that goes more for teams that have a young team. These are players that are pro bowlers. Jalen Smith, Zeke, Cooper, guys on the defensive side, Everson Griffin, Alden Smith, Dantari Poe. These are Leighton Vanderesh. These are guys that have been pro bowlers. And I think at some point you just have to be a professional about your job and know what to do already. Well, to argue professionalism is a totally different argument because it wasn't professional at all to go to, you know, Jane Slater. I believe it was Jane Slater with the tweet. Um, yeah, Jane Slater. And basically publicly bash your entire coaching staff. Like, that throws professionalism out the window. They did the same thing with Jason Garrett. But also, you would never see a good head coach go out and be bashed in the media. Like, you'll never see Harbaugh or Kyle Shanahan. It happened to Mike or, Tomlin before. When was in that? Pittsburgh. The year that they had the drama with Le'Veon Bell when he didn't show up. I don't think it... it oh, I, I think, think a lot more people blame Le'Veon for that situation than anything. Oh, uh, yeah, I know, but I'm saying that coaches, even great coaches, have gotten bashed, have gotten, have gotten reports written about them. I just feel I'm like... I'm not saying, like, McCarthy's in that category, but I think it's way too early. And especially when you're in a team that you didn't pick your players, you're totally new. These players are still adjusting. And when you're talking about players that are getting $20 million or $10 plus million a year, they don't really care about what you have to say. And that's and they've, not good. They've already proven that they don't... It doesn't matter who's the coach, whether it's Jason Garrett or Mike McCarthy, they were under underperforming their contracts regardless. I wasn't high on the Mike McCarthy hire originally. I didn't want him for the Jets job as a Jet fan. I feel like he 
has not adapted to the current NFL. I don't place the blame fully on him, but I do think they missed on the hire. I think that they could be, I think they could easily be running away with the division if they had made a better head coaching hire. And I don't know who that guy is, but I think if they hit on the hire, they would be running away with the division because the division is so bad. The fact that they are still in the mix, like the fact that they have not run away with that division is embarrassing for everybody in the building, not just Mike McCarthy, not just the players, for everybody top to bottom, that is an embarrassment because they are on paper far and away the most talented team in the division. Yeah, you don't really have any quarterback in that division that can really lead a team like that. So they should be first if we're being honest. Even if it's Dalton, it would be good. Well, even I don't think it has anything to do with quarterback play because even with Andy Dalton, they should be the best team in the division because of everything else. Like, they are by far more talented than anybody in that. The Giants and the Redskins shouldn't even be in the conversation. And Washington is still in the conversation. And the fact that they are is because the Eagles and and Cowboys have done nothing. And it's funny that you mentioned Washington because I think Washington is just a trade away from a playmaker and maybe a better some better quarterback play from actually taking the division. They're getting there. And I don't think that their defense. I think their defense. Their defense is solid. It's just about getting another playmaker next to McLaurin, and getting a a quarterback that's not going to make mistakes the same way Kyle Allen does. The and and obviously they don't have that quarterback right now. But the problem is they've been going through project quarterbacks, and I don't know if they're in a position to be going through a project quarterback right now. A project quarterback right now that just lost his spot. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. I don't know if you guys heard, but it, he's, he uh, did an interview. He was heartbroken by the move. It caught him by surprise. I was he, surprised he came out and said that. Yeah, he, he felt that Dolphins were his team. The only time he's ever felt like that was with Buffalo. Bottom line, he was heartbroken. Didn't sound too happy for Tua the way he was when Tua got jumped into the game. What are your expectations for Tua starting? How do you think he will do? The next games he's going to play against, he's going to play against the Rams the Cardinals, the Chargers. Then the schedule gets easier with the Broncos, Jets, and Bengals. I will say before we get into what we think we're going to see from Tua, I think that even though Ryan Fitzpatrick made those comments, he's still going to be a great veteran for Tua. Like I don't think that he holds any remorse you know, or holds anything against Tua. I think it's more to the coach. Yeah, I think Tua. that, and I'm sure that, he had spoken to Brian Flores before the season started, and they had an understanding of how things were going to happen. And I think that things have been accelerated because I don't think that Brian Flores expected them to be in the position they're in. When you look at it, it's not outlandish to say that the Dolphins could be a playoff team or win the division if the Bills don't start to pick it up. And we'll talk about the Bills later on. I don't think that they will fall off like that. But it's not crazy to say that the the Dolphins could win the division. And I think that the ceiling of what Tua could be, he could be that difference maker that could put them over the top. With me, I'd, I have a, I don't have a problem with it. I have a problem with it because of one reason, but I'm going to get to Tua first. I think that Tua is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick right now. I don't have any doubts about that. The only reason that they weren't playing him because they didn't want him to get hurt. Now that they see a chance to go into the playoffs, they've seen Tua practice every day. They've seen him compete against Fitzpatrick. They thought this is the move we have to make to have the best chance to win this division. Saying all of that, I think the team rallied behind Fitzpatrick. 
And they really thought of him as a leader and the guy for that team. And I'm not sure if they're going to do the same for Tua. And I think that puts Tua in an awkward situation because he kind of has to perform. And that's kind of... Yeah, I was just going to say it leads to the first sign of things going wrong. Things will get nasty in that locker room. And I have this theory. I call it the tryout theory. And this is the theory that the Dolphins are doing with Tua. They have the draft pick from the Texans, a high draft pick. They have their own draft pick. If Tua doesn't play well, they could possibly snag a Justin Fields, a Trey Lance. If the Jets don't get the number one pick, they could have a suitor to go jump in and get that get Trevor Lawrence. They got the ammunition. They got the pieces to draft a player. Maybe this is a trial for Tua. Let's see if this guy really is going to be the franchise guy. Let's put him out there now. If we don't see it, then... Let's go and try to get a quarterback in the draft, and hopefully he's going to be better. I've always thought that that was crazy. I, I honestly thought, like, I, I felt like, same with you, I felt like Tua was better than Ryan Fitzpatrick from day one. I just felt like they needed to see if he was going to be healthy and if he was going to be ready to go. But I do feel like, I do agree with you. I think the team was rallying behind Fitzpatrick. They was like, all right, this is our guy. We're going to rock with him to the end of the season. We feel like we could really win with this guy. And now you're plugging a rookie who... He really doesn't – he's still understanding the game in the NFL, and he's really – he doesn't know how to lead yet NFL players, and I feel like doing that in the midst of it right now where the division is kind of tight, Buffalo's kind of falling. Against even, three good teams. Even New England is kind of falling too, so now you're plugging in a rookie and you're going to just be like, all right, come on, lead us. And Fitzpatrick has kind of had the team on his back. I think it's going to be tough for two because now the pressure's on him. But I think he could do it. He went to Alabama. There's going to be expectations there, too, now. Yeah, definitely. I also think there's this false narrative that Fitzpatrick was playing really well. He was playing average, mediocre. He wasn't he was playing good enough. I think he, he wasn't, he wasn't playing, lights though. out. Yeah, because their defense is ranked fourth in the NFL. I think he was playing. Win. I think his impact was on off the field more than on the field. I think he was just a leader on the sideline. He was out there being the vocal point of the offense. That's, I think his his impact is more... Not like yeah, you don't you look knew. at his stats and you say, "Oh, yeah. that's where his impact." You knew is. you weren't going to get superstar level or star. No, no, quarterback we know, but he, play from him. yeah, but he is playing mediocre. So that's why the move. It's not that much of a shock because they obviously know that Tua could be better, and he probably is looking better. But they just don't want him to get hurt. And um, back to what you said about the idea of the trial thing being crazy. I think it is crazy, but so, at the same time, with the Tua thing. He's too much of an injury concern. That's a or fair if, point. Or if he's not playing well, or if, God forbid, he gets hurt, they can hopefully go and get a quarterback in this upcoming draft. Because if, if he's hurt, if he gets hurt, and maybe he doesn't play well, then what other option do they have? The only argument I would make against that is that they thought that he was healthy enough to use the number five pick on him this year, and I think that that speaks volumes to... They, they thought he could be durable enough moving forward. And if they didn't, then that's a concern on their front office. Like, what are they doing wasting the fifth overall pick on a guy that they have huge question marks Absolutely. about? When Herbert was still on the board, too. But Herbert had a lot of question marks on his tape yeah, in college. of course, of course. Oh, but like a lot. Tua, they banked on his potential. Everybody knew the, the injury concern with Tua was there. And that's why people had Justin Herbert going to Miami. But when you watch the tape, Tua was way better in college than Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert had way too many question marks about him. That's why he didn't go to Miami. But I do think the injury concern is a real concern. And if he doesn't live up to the expectations that, you know, he's supposed to live up to, I think he, he should just play good. 
right? He should just play good. There's a lot of pressure on him because Joe Burrow has shown he could play. Herbert has shown he could play. So Tua kind of has to show he can play, and barring, he's not mediocre. Barring a like a big-time injury, I think it would be a mistake for the Dolphins to go out and draft a quarterback after a half a season of Tua. And I think that if I was them, I would have rode out Ryan Fitzpatrick. Unless there's something I don't know. I would have tried to ride out Ryan Fitzpatrick for these next three games against, or at least the next two against the Rams and the Cardinals. And then I also would have ran him out there against the Chargers too so that you could start Tua with some cupcakes in the Broncos, the Jets, and the Bengals. See, that's why I think my theory is correct because they don't want to start him against the bad teams. He's going to look good against the bad teams. They want to see how he's going to look against these better teams. But he would have had his shot against better teams. I'm saying I would have liked to work his confidence against the Broncos, Jets, Bengals, and then he would have went Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, Bills to end the season. That's a tryout to me. I think any other draft, it would be out of the realm to give up on Tua, but in this draft, when you have a Trevor Lawrence in this draft, who's probably one of the best quarterback prospects we've seen since Andrew Luck, yeah. It, well, you just shove Tua to the side. If they could, I, I don't think and that's that why anybody I think should the, pass on Trevor Lawrence. And that's though. why I think if the Jets don't get the number one pick, because there's no way the Jets would trade the number one pick to Miami. There's no way. Anybody else other than the Jets, two high first-round picks, all the other picks they have, they ha- they can make a real legit package. They, I can, don't they think, can get a package for them. I don't think that anybody should pass up on the The only two teams that I think you would really make an argument should pass up on Trevor Lawrence at number one would be the Seahawks or the Chiefs, and neither of them are coming close to the first overall pick. Other than that, like there's Baltimore? only... Baltimore also... Also Baltimore, because, yeah, like, yeah Lamar, Lamar Jackson yeah. is also in that conversation. That's my bad. But other than that, I don't know if there's a quarterback in the league that I would Fair assessment. take over the potential of what Trevor Lawrence could be. But ultimately, I think Tua does well. I mean, you got good offensive weapons. I think he'll do all right. Preston Williams. I hope he does. Devontae Parker, Mike Gusecki. They got some good guys. Yeah, I'm so rooting for Tua. He shouldn't play Bad. I'm expecting him to play good because obviously, if they made this move, they think he'll play better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. Even dude. as a Jet fan, I hope I wish nothing but the best for him. He's a good dude. He seems like a good dude at least. And dude went to Alabama. You know. He got it. He'll be all right. He can play. Right, listen, you look at how he started his Alabama career. He got thrown into the national championship game down, and and brought his team back one in overtime. I mean, if he'd, any, be if first, could do he'd be the first Alabama quarterback to succeed in the NFL in a while. And that was over, like, a college Jalen Hurts. Too. I was just saying, like, he he's faced the pressure. Like, he's been battle-tested, in my opinion. So, like, this, I don't think this is going to be anything new to him coming into a situation, like, being thrust into the situation like this with the expectations on him. If there's any chance to, you know, have that experience – how about being thrown into the national championship Absolutely. game? And he did it. He was successful there. So, you know, I, I think he can handle it. I don't think the pressure is going to be too much for him. I think it's going to come down to him as a quarterback because, you know, they've shown they're good enough to win football games, and they've competed against good teams. Like, they competed with, with Seattle. They lost by a touchdown. They were right in that game. They competed with Buffalo. They lost by a field goal. So they they blew the Niners out of the water. Granted, they yeah, were injured. That was crazy. You know, you know, Jimmy G did play. They're, they're a solid team. I don't think they're there yet, but they they have a playoff contending roster, especially you know in a week 
weakened AFC East, I should say, because it's not weak. We don't know what the Bills are yet, in my opinion at least. They could be a playoff roster, so it's going to come down to two. What is he? Is he ready for this spotlight? But I will also say if he doesn't play well this year, and and maybe even Ryan Fitzpatrick has to come back out. I'm not done with Tua. Yeah, I think it's too early to say you're just He's gone. Young. It depends He's on young. how bad he plays, in my opinion. It really well, depends. If he comes out and looks horrible, it's a different story. But I'll I'll give him some leeway in his rookie year. Coming he also, again, hasn't played competitive football since what he got he got hurt early in the season last year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Halfway through the season. So he hasn't played in a competitive football game in how long? No preseason. So this is going to be totally new for him. We're going to talk about the division rival, the Bills. The Bills lost to the Kansas City Chiefs on Tuesday. No, on Monday, 5 o'clock game. So what do you guys think about the Bills now? Has your perspective changed? Because throughout the first couple of weeks, their competition wasn't that good. Their competition got better. They almost blew one against the Rams. They lost against Tennessee. Now they lost against the Chiefs. What do you think about the Bills? I think losing to the Chiefs isn't a bad thing. I think the Titans blowout was probably the biggest question mark for us. But other than that, I think they played a pretty – they played a – I wouldn't say they played good, but they could have won that game against the Chiefs. And losing a game to the Chiefs, I'm not going to sit here and bash you for it and call you, you know, overrated or pretenders. I think we still have to wait and see. Yeah, it's funny. As much as I just talked up the Dolphins in the Tua segment – I'm not concerned if on the Bills. Like, they should still run away with the division. I'm not yeah. going to dock yeah. them for losing to the Chiefs. They even played pretty well against the Chiefs. Granted, it was a miserable day. They they held the Chiefs in check, and they made it a game, which I give them credit for. Anybody that can do that, I give them credit. The Like, like Riv said, the Titans' loss was the more concerning one for me because I don't think that, even though I like the Titans, I don't think anybody should be I losing to the Titans by 30 points. So that's a concern. Luckily for them, they get to come back with the Jets. A total cupcake should be a blowout. Get your confidence back. Then, you know, you're going to have some more tests again. Like New England, they should also win that game, I think, pretty handily the way the Patriots have looked. But also division battle, Bill Belichick, it'll it'll be tough. But then you go Seattle, Arizona, Los Angeles, the the Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, they beat the Rams in there. San Francisco, who will... Be at least slightly be, more yeah. healthy at that point in the season, and Pittsburgh. So it's a really tough stretch, and I know we've been talking about this for the Bills all season long. We've been talking about how their schedule is going to get tough. Can they respond to it? I think that they should be able to. The way Josh Allen has looked this season, I've been very impressed well, with him. He's he's started to come back down to earth a little bit, and so has the rest of the team. But I still think they're a contender in the AFC. You know, they've proven me wrong from my take on them at the beginning of the year. I have belief in them, but they also still need to prove it to me. I'm not sold on them like I'm sold on the Chiefs, the the Steelers, the Ravens, even the Titans. Like, those teams, I'm confident in. Like, well, any given week, I'm confident in what I'm getting out something of Something we talked about early in the season, too, Josh Allen's MVP campaign, and it kind of digressed as he started to play good competition, so now he has to get it back going and start showing why we were praising him so much early in the season. Before I go, I'm going to just say this. Josh Allen, he's still playing phenomenal. The Bills, they should run away with this division because the Patriots are going through their COVID situation. If not, I think it'd be a tighter race. 
But the problem with the Bills is that they they can beat up on bad teams and they can look like one of the better teams in the league. But as soon as they play hard competition, they don't win. They find a way to lose. We saw that against the Texans in the playoffs last year when they were up. Mm-hmm. Houston got shut out in the first half, and then they came back. They rallied and they beat they the lost Bills. Them, they beat themselves. And I was the, ju- the I was Bills. Just yeah, up. the Bills cannot beat the better teams. They're one in six against teams who have made the playoffs or are coming off a playoff appearance. They lost to the Patriots twice last year. The Texans in the playoffs. The Titans this season. The Ravens last year. The Chiefs this year and the Eagles last year. They, the Eagles made the playoffs last year. We all know that. And they're two and two against teams that are five hundred this season, and the Raiders and the Rams. And are we sure that the Raiders are going to remain five hundred throughout the season? Is not. It's still a question mark, right? But this is my concern. First of all, Josh Allen twenty his twenty twenty campaign, his quarterback rating when leading is a one hundred thirty quarterback rating, right? He's playing like a superstar, like the MVP. When he's trailing, it's a ninety one point six. So he dips down. He's still a great to good good to great quarterback, but it dips down. That's about a 40-point <laughs> drop-off. When it's tied, it goes to 75. Jeez. He's a mediocre quarterback. And last year in 2019, it was the same. He had a 107, 107 quarterback rating when leading, then a 71 when trailing, then an 82 when tied. So it seems when the team is trailing, when the team is tied, Josh Allen isn't that good. The only bright side about that is in the fourth quarter, Josh Allen is pretty clutch. Like, his numbers from 2019 and 2020 combined, he has 13 touchdowns and one interception in the fourth quarter. So he doesn't he protects the ball in the fourth. But something obviously happens when they're trailing or they're tied that Josh Allen simply just cannot get the win. I don't know if it's Brian Dable's play calling. I don't know if the, the offense around him collapsed. But something obviously goes wrong. But I think we can all agree that the question mark with the Bills right now is their defense. Absolutely. Second-ranked defense last year, this year, the 21st. And I remember in the Bills video when we were talking about the division winner, everybody wanted to tell me that the Bills have a better secondary than the Patriots. The Patriots right now are ninth in passing yards allowed per game. The Bills are 24th. You can't rely on Josh Norman. You can't even though he's on IR, Levi Wallace. You can't rely on Levi Wallace. Trey, Can't rely on Teron Johnson. Trey White's had some injury concerns too throughout the season, yeah, which has hurt them. Yeah, their only good corner is Trey White. Everybody He's else gets picked on. Josh Norman is not Carolina Josh Norman. I don't care that he's in Sean McDermott's not defense. Even Washington Josh Norman. People, Washington Josh Norman was bad. But, but like, this guy's horrible. Right? Sean McDermott, he was a defensive coordinator the year that the Panthers made the Super Bowl, and because of that, Bills fans thought they were getting the Carolina Josh Norman. You were wrong. You're not getting that Josh Norman. Josh Norman is not the same. He's a mediocre to bad corner. He gets picked on, and that's their problems right there. Yeah, listen, they're going to get back on track against the Jets this upcoming weekend, and then they got to prove they got to prove who they are because I still have belief in them as what they were the first few games of the season, but in order for me to feel that way going into the playoffs, we can't excuse them losing games like they lost to the Chiefs or Titans. They are going to need to get at least one win against uh, Seattle or a Pittsburgh, even a San Francisco, mm. an Arizona, the Chargers. Like, give me a win against a team of substance. Show me that you can compete against those teams because you look at, like you said, last year when they went into that game against the Texans, they were the better overall football team, I thought. But 
it hurt them massively that they played the easiest schedule and one of the easiest schedules in football. The same mm-hmm. schedule that we know it because we watched the Jets play against the same schedule. It was a terrible schedule. And they went into a team against the Texans who played better competition throughout the season. And the Texans just looked more ready to play f- playoff football. And that's a thing for the Bills. I don't know if they're ready for those spotlight games yet. And maybe it has to do with Josh Allen growing as a quarterback in those moments. Maybe it has to do with the whole team getting ready to play in those moments. But when they play big teams, they just haven't shown it yet. And I think that they're talented enough to play on that level with the big dogs in the AFC. But they need to show me that. The Bills aren't sneaking up, sneaking up on anybody anymore. We know who they are. Last they got year, a target on their back. Last year, they caught everybody by surprise. We didn't think they were going to be as good as they were, even though the Patriots won a division. This year, we know we have expectations of the Bills, and those expectations are kind of hurting them because they're they're not legit contenders. They can't beat the Steelers. They can't beat the Titans. They can't beat the Chiefs. They can't beat the Ravens. What team can they beat? If we're being realistic, if if they were to make the playoffs, yeah. what team can they beat? And, and that's the thing. Like, again, they have the talent to do it. I don't question that they are talented enough I don't think they're just to ready. compete with Men- those mentally. teams. But they have to do it. Like, they could be as talented on paper as they want. They could beat up on the Jets and look like the best team in the NFL against the Jets. And even the Dolphins, who I just gave so much credit to, at the end of the day, they're not on the level. When we get to the teams that they need to be on par with, the Titans, the Chiefs, they lose those games. And when it comes down to it in the playoffs, those are the teams they're going to have to beat to compete for anything of any value. And it's a sad reality, but Josh Allen has played so well now that he's getting thrust into the conversations with the better quarterbacks in the league. And we've seen this effect with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has one of the better seasons in NFL history. But he's 0-2 in the playoffs. And, and that's what people questions him that's that. what people point at. So when you can't beat these teams over 500 or teams that have made the playoffs, that's what you're judged on. I don't care that you're playing at an MVP level. That's what you're judged on until you start winning in the playoffs. And that's how it's yeah. always been, and that's how it's going to be. I Absolutely. give them credit. and I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I was wrong in the beginning of the season. They are better than I thought. But now they need to prove me double wrong and show me that they are a legit contender because right now I can't put them in that category in the AFC with the Steelers, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Titans. To me, those are the four far and away contenders in the AFC for a Super Bowl this year. I get that. Granted, though, the Steelers also have yet to play anybody. So we don't know. We know they're good and they're disciplined. Mike Tomlin, Ben, Big Ben, all that. But we also have yet to see them play any competition yet. And their their test is coming up very soon, too. I'll say this, though. The Browns, who are a team who we thought could be in nearing that level, they embarrassed That them. is true. They blew them out of the water. You, you do make a good point, though. They haven't played the toughest schedule yet. And Baltimore, their first competition, they got blown out on a Monday night. Yeah, they and got now, embarrassed. And, and now we're going to see Tennessee-Baltimore coming up for the Steelers. It's going to be, and again, I know we keep saying it on every episode. It might seem like we're just trying to bide our time, but these next three or four weeks are going to tell us so much about all the teams we've been talking about because this is when the real competition in the schedule is coming up. Yep. So that does it for this episode of Pick a Side. We want to give a Patreon shout-out to Jael Conrado for pledging $15. So if you guys enjoy our content, please share it. 
Our Instagram is at Pickaside Podcast. YouTube is at Pickaside. Apple Podcast, Spotify, Pickaside. Thank you guys for watching and see you next time.